Hello and welcome to the MadeCast, the official podcast of the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment, a series of lectures on video game history as part of the Maid's ongoing effort to preserve history through teaching and displaying playable exhibits of rare games and consoles. While life in the time of COVID has forced us to close our doors, the support of people like you has allowed us to continue to bring history to you through lectures and interviews like the one you'll hear in a few minutes. I'm Chin. I'm Red. And I'm Miles. This week, Red was on the floor at GDC and got to talk to a bunch of people at our booth. We had a few people stop by to talk to us about what it was like getting their hands on some retro consoles and games. This was a really fun time. GDC was a big hit. We, yeah, it was a lot to see. It was nice to be back on the floor and back back at GDC. We had a really nice large area of setup. We had a Genesis. We had Mario 3 running on an original Nintendo. We had Adventure running on original Atari. Street Fighter 2 running on the Genesis, uh, Wolfenstein 3D on the Super Nintendo. We had Marathon, one of Bungie's first crazy title, like first titles running on an original iMac 2. Terminal with QBasic running, so one of the original programming languages that just kind of came with DOS uh, and that you can start working, basically start programming yourself. It was a really fun time. But before we get into that, we have a little bit of news. The biggest news, I think, of the day is the PlayStation Plus subscription tiers are now changing. Well, not necessarily changing. The base subscription is going to remain the same, but now there are two other levels of subscription which let you get access to classic PS4 games and uh, some other PS5 games on the middle tier and then on the high tier you get uh, apparently over 700 playable games, which are from PS3, PS2, Vita, even some PS1 titles and PSP titles available for play via the cloud. So it's going to be a little bit different. The year pricing goes from 60 a year for the base, $100 a year for the secondary one, $120 a year for the most premium tier with everything else available. A little bit pricey on the end, but I think it's going to be just fine. Yeah, it's it seems like Sony is really trying to catch up the the, the Xbox Game Pass and I'm glad they didn't change the the, the price of the lowest tier. That's really yes. helpful. But on the same time, I it will it will still depends on what kind of game they can provide on the higher tiers of the game like the the version of game plus so yeah whatever performance issues may come with that we'll see when it comes we'll see when it happens second little bit of news the breath of the wild sequel has been delayed until spring of 2023 not that surprising a little bit of a bummer but hopefully it'll be good Yep. Uh, we also got some new screenshots of the gameplay and what seemed to be like a broken master sword. So theories are already afloat about what that means for the story, but we'll see how it goes. Well, when um, I'm a little bit disappointed by that, I'm actually pretty appreciated to do that because that leaves me a little bit more space to play some different games between different moms and like this. Splatoon 3 has got to come out, I think, this summer, so I got to have more time to enjoy it before hopping to add a game. We also have a new One Piece RPG announced, releasing later this year. 
One Piece Odyssey uh, with story written by Ichiro Oda, the creator of One Piece. Uh, he wrote the story and designed most of the creatures and enemies in the game as well. So that's going to be a very interesting RPG. I'm highly looking forward to it as a longtime One Piece fan. It's going to be interesting to see where this story takes the characters. Here we go to the end of 2022, where we actually get to play as all, all the crew members and each of their own unique styles of fighting. That'll be a fun thing to see later this year. And then, so there's, a, there's also a speed run from Elden Ring that has already been completed in under 20 minutes. Is this real? Yeah, so uh, I can't watch the video because I haven't beaten the game yet, of course. Um, but uh, streamer Distortion2 has posted a YouTube video of his 18-minute, 57-second run. Uh, this is any Jeez. percent. And so so the Dark Souls games have a lot of fairly well-known uh, bugs and glitches that you can use to skip large chunks of the game. Um so it seems that, um, as with a lot of uh, uh, Elden Ring, um, sort of that that formula has carried over of being able to, you know, bad teleport or um, a zip glitch. Yeah. Uh, using force quits to reset your position before the game has a chance to really update where you are and where you've saved. I almost don't even want to see the speed run. I am nowhere close to finishing it, but... All righty. Well, I think that is all the news that we have, and we're going to throw it over to some interviews from the floor of our booth. So to give everyone a little taste of what it was a little bit like for some people checking out our booth at GDC this year. Hi, welcome to the Maids Exhibit at GDC. Can I get your name and what you do, what you're doing here at GDC? Uh, yeah, my name's uh, Ryan Ramirez. I'm, uh, I'm a, a product director over at Imview uh, uh, Together Labs. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. I see you've been playing I see you've been playing the Atari 2600 here for a minute. You've got a little bit of time on adventure and you've got a little bit of time on air sea battle. Yes. What do you like about the exhibit that we have here and what we've been doing? Uh, well, it just it, you know, for someone that's been in the game industry and been a lover of games, you know, since since the 80s, uh, I mentioned I had a Commodore 64. In fact, I still have one in my garage mm -hmm. and it still works, um, but I just haven't used it in a while. Um, it's always great to see uh, the creativity that came out of, of, of very limited uh, uh, resources, at least compared to what we have now, you know? Yeah, the limitation on... The games are still fun, you know, they're still fun to play. Yeah, they're still fun to play and just... It, we, I think we were, I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday about, like, limitations kind of breed uh, a great like example of what has been going on, oh, like showcases, like what you can maximize the potential on everything here. Any creative endeavor. Yeah. Um, uh, putting limitations on yourself, it always helps. Yeah. 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 Unless you're really, 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 really good. And there's, there's few of us yeah. that can say that they're really, 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 really good at something. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, if you, you notice I, I actually pulled out Adventure and put mm -hmm. in Air Sea Battle, which is, Air Sea Battle is an okay game, but I, did that intentionally otherwise i would have been here all day playing adventure <laughs> and, try, and trying to and trying to remember all the patterns that i memorized uh, what like 30 years ago right, you know, right, playing right. adventure yeah it's been so many hours on that game it's ridiculous 
yeah, it's it's so much fun, and we're very excited to actually be able to showcase a lot of this playable, playable uh, history for everybody else to see where where we've been and where we are here now. Yeah, yeah awesome. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so. Greg and I were over uh, messing around with Bryce with 3D. Bryce 3D. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so your name, you're uh, Greg Smith, and Greg Smith. I work for Imbue, and we're here manning booth today. And we took a little time to come over here and check out some of these vintage games and and technologies and platforms and check them all out. Mm -hmm. and as we were saying, Bryce, we, we used to use that yeah. like way back in the beginning when we started in the game industry yeah. to build backgrounds and render three, you know, just render a background that you put in a in a, an environment. Yeah, I mean, we got an. Uh, this is a 2001 computer running Bryce 3D, so maybe it'll take two hours to render now instead of, you know, six. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah still, instead of all day. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It was actually going pretty quick. Yeah, it yeah. was going. A, lot, a lot faster than what I remember. Oh, yeah, I was, no, I was noticing that too. Like, you hit the render button, and it's like two seconds. It's like, wait a second, this took like hours. You yeah. like, mm -hmm. hit render, and it would be like, okay, I'm going to go get lunch, and I'm going to come back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well... Is there any is there anything you want guys want to talk about and plug about in view and talking about anything else? Yeah, you want to take that? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, for a lot of people that were around in in the early two thousands, you know, in view started in two thousand four, and we're still around and growing. Mm -hmm. The brand new three D engine, our creator community is strong, um, and so we're you know we're just we're just really happy to be back at GDC. And showing everyone where we're at right now. Yeah, um, yeah, we're especially with the whole breakout of um, the metaverse yes. and that terminology. Yeah, yeah. we kind of chuckled to ourselves because you know, uh, um, you know, we were we were kind of doing the metaverse back yep. in 2004, right? Mm -hmm. It was yeah, just yeah. called something different back oh. then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the late latest catchphrase, but um, leave it to Meta to take a name on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, thank you guys very much for your time, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your time at GDC. Will thank do. you very thank much. You. Yeah, thank, yeah, thanks so much for the display. Hi, welcome to the Maids exhibit at GDC. If you want to introduce yourself and where you're working from. Yeah, uh, my name is Micah Herman. I'm a, a game intelligence analyst with Ubisoft. Fantastic, awesome. So, what have you thinking about? What have you thought about the booth so far? That's awesome. I, uh, I've I've been playing a lot of games that I've heard so much about, and I know uh, are so uh, important. And uh, yeah, the first time actually playing some of them. The first time playing a, a 2600 right now. Yeah, it's pretty incredible too. To, it's pretty incredible to see like it. We're been finicky this all this time, but oh, it's yeah. been great to see that it's still working. Uh, is there any like standout game that you've been enjoying? Oh, I just played Adventure uh, on the on the 2600 over there. It's very very interesting. It's uh, it's really cool. Like it's it's interesting to see how some certain design concepts have really like stood the test of time. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, like, it's still a functioning running game, and it's still, like, you still see, like, the basics for everything that's come after totally, it in totally. the game. Yeah, yeah, and also it just, uh, like, like um, the, the like, yeah, kind of puzzly level design, mm -hmm. uh, trying to, like, model out basically where, where to, um, it's, a, it's, like, very mazy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it's really, really cool, and I also like that, it, you know, it's obviously a fairly simple game, but there's no, like... There's no tutorial or anything. There's nothing telling you what to do. And you can kind of pick it up and just get into it and you figure it out. It's, yeah, just yeah. pick it up and figure it out. I also saw you playing a little bit of Wolfenstein 3D on the yeah. Super Nintendo. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I had played that on PC before, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's super cool to, you know, see it running on the, 
I mean, one of my favorite systems, you know, of all time. So. Yeah, I would agree. I think the Super Nintendo is probably my favorite classic system. Totally, but totally. there's, it's great. Well, where are you from? Um, so you're working at the, you're working at Ubisoft. You're doing the product design and everything. Is there anything you want to talk about and promote? Uh, well, I'm working on a game called X Defiant. Um, it was uh, it was announced uh, about a year ago, and uh, hopefully we'll be getting it out the door. It's a it's a free to play um, shooter. Um, a competitive shooter, and uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be coming out this year, and uh, hopefully you'll be hearing about it. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, thank you again, Micah, and we hope to see you around the museum once we get and open up our doors again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. Hi, and welcome to the exhibit. This is the Maidcast. You want to introduce yourself and where you're from, where you're working from? Uh, hey, I am Joel Quateau. I am a solo developer uh, with uh, Virtual Universes uh, here at GDC to um, get a studio started. Well, fantastic. I'm glad to see you here, and I see you've been messing with our QBasic booth right here at the exhibit. What have you been thinking about it so far? Uh, well, it's a definite trip down memory lane. Like, I did, uh, I did a lot of my uh, first coding in QBasic. It's how I uh, got into coding in the first place. So it's definitely fun to get back into a little. Yeah, it's nice to have it set up, too, and then just to showcase where, like, language has come since the start of QBasic and from everything else beyond. Is there anything that you see like similarity-wise to like newer languages or anything that stands out about QBasic for you? Well, I mean, what really stands out about QBasic, I mean, it was something that was distributed with DOS, uh, was basically something pretty much anyone who had a computer in the early 90s would have had access to. And it's a simplified version of other languages, but it has enough features that you can do a lot with it, and it's really like it was there as a way to get kids into coding, and it worked. That, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm glad to see that you're doing on, I'm glad to see that it's still sparking some joy in a lot of people and see, with everything else that we have here at the museum. Is there anything else aside from the QBasic thing that you've gotten your hands on? Uh, I've gotten my hands on a lot of stuff. Uh, here in the museum, while well, I was uh, spending some time with uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 earlier too, it's mm -hmm. uh, been a very long time since I have seen an actual functional original NES, uh, so that uh, was a lot of fun to get back into. I was better at it than I remember. Yep, it's a, it's a fun game. It's definitely it's definitely one of the harder ones for the Mario series. Um, we're still working on getting our doors open at the moment, but as soon as we have our doors open, we'd love to see you come by and have like enjoy your hands on getting your hands on the rest of our exhibit. What we get to see. Oh yeah, absolutely. You got some great stuff here, and yeah, it's a good thing to get back into. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you'd like to plug with your company before we leave, and you want to talk about? Don't have anything to plug right now, but keep an eye on us. We may have something soon. Alrighty, so virtual universes. We got Joe Croteau. Well, thank you very much for your time, and I'll let you get back to whatever you got doing. Enjoy the rest of your time at GDC. Appreciate it. So, hi, welcome to the Maids exhibit at GDC this year. If you guys want to introduce yourselves, uh, my name is Brian. And uh, my name is Franco. Alrighty, and what are you guys doing here at GDC this year? Um, I'm with a company, Influx Data, which is right behind, mm -hmm. um, and uh, Franco is uh, in fifth grade. We live over in Oakland, and he's here to check it out. Well, fantastic. I see you guys were playing Street Fighter 2 earlier. What did you think about playing it on the, master on the original Genesis? Um, it was really cool. Uh, just like seeing what people used to play like back in the 80s. Um, how'd, how'd you like that TV screen? The tube TV. It's thick. Um, <laughs> it's yes, with three C's. I agree. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun, and like Street Fighter was really cool. All the characters were um, very different and awesome. 
uh, the one guy that you could not beat was Speak just the uh, was the ju- was the guy who could just like kick and his legs would just extend like 50 feet out and you just couldn't beat him. Yeah, it's impossible. So what do you like? What is your what has been your favorite game like since you've been? We're uh, checking out the in thing this, here. In this spot, uh, Street Fighter was great. I was about to make my way over to the Nintendo to see what, what uh, old school Nintendo games there were. Maybe some Super Mario. We got Super Mario 3 running on it right now. Right, nice. And on our Super Nintendo, we also got Wolfenstein 3D running as well. If you guys want to take the, take a look at it at all. This is cool. This is, these are the ones that I grew up on. Um, I'm a Gen Xer, and this is, this is like my jam right here. Mm-hmm. So I've been telling him about all these like ancient consoles, and so it's cool for him to see. Well, uh, unfortunately, we closed our doors at the start of the pandemic due to issues, but we're working on reopening again. And we are based in Oakland, so we are looking... Yes. So we're looking for another place to open, hopefully by the end of the year, but we will see. There's no promises yet, but we'd love to have you guys stop by. Is there anything you want to talk about before we leave? The plug or anything? No. Uh, Yeah, I think we're good. Well, thank you very much, folks, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your time at the booth. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Maidcast. We are doing another interview on the floor at the Video Game Museum here. Uh, if you want to introduce yourself and where you're working from. Yeah, my name is Awesta. I'm here with a game called Blocklords, blocklords.com. Check it out. Uh, we'll be releasing this summer. It's a sort of real-time strategy meets farming game. But mm-hmm. I'm here with Alex uh, playing some retro games. So I see you were playing Adventure earlier. Is You were saying earlier that this is your first time getting your hands on an Atari 2600? Yeah, definitely first time. I'm someone who's still sort of being introduced into the gaming world. So, mm-hmm. of course, I'm first I'm starting with all of like the latest technologies that are out. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that this is being preserved and because a lot of stuff isn't compatible anymore and or it's not even around. So it's great to be able to come and play it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that you got to experience what we offer. And hopefully when we open up again, we'll be able to get you... Get your hands on some other consoles as well. Um, what has been your experience as well, if you want to introduce yourself and what you've been doing here at the booth? Hi, I'm Sebastian. I'm here helping out at the Block Lords booth, also the founder of an educational nonprofit uh, working with youth. So I think it's really awesome that this technology is being preserved. I think young people uh, will be really into this and we could flip this into really cool educational experiences. Um, I love the retro games. Like I, I just got an N64 emulator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not as retro as Atari, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I love this kind of gameplay, like the classic stuff. Well, awesome, and thank you very much. And you're uh, you're also working with uh, Blocklord as well. Yes, we're helping out Blocklords, uh, a medieval metaverse. If you're into uh, blockchain-enabled games, uh, we are kind of pioneering a really solid strategy game with uh, NFT and blockchain elements. Mm. Well, alrighty. Well, thank you guys very much for your time and enjoying the booth. We hope to see you once we open our doors again. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. It's been great. <laughs> All right, here we are. The wrap-up of GDC and the Maids Expo this year for 2022. Here we are with Shem, our executive director. So, how do you think this week went? It went great. It's always a pleasure to be here. Um, lots of game devs came out. There was one guy who spent a ton of time at the QBasic setup, mm-hmm. which is like really touches my heart because <laughs> I spent so many hours doing that as a kid. Um, just having people play Adventure on the Atari was amazing. Um, Street Fighter. Oh, uh, yeah, it was great. Just Oh, yeah. Having people actually get their hands on an Atari 2600 for the first time and get to play a game that has inspired many other games since and... Many other games that come was really cool. 
Did you have like a favorite game that was up for exhibit or anything you wanted to like showcase specifically other than the Q Basic? Uh, I think Adventure. That's because mm -hmm. that one just took so much effort. Like as as everybody knows, trying to get um, old computer systems and old video game systems up and running is always a chore. Um, and so having that run for three days with some issues uh, is better than uh, than I could have ever hoped for. Yeah, it was very surprising how well it worked this time and with very little issues. Especially with people like touching and messing with the system itself too, where for it to maintain and stick around was pretty good. We also saw a lot of people enjoy a lot of Marathon and some Halo Reach. Yeah, the uh, marathon was really great. People on an old iMac and oh man, like uh, that well, that was cool. And especially with the talks that were going on about like different things, like where Halo's gone and where Bungie is go going, um, that's that's really fun to see. Yeah, it was really nice to see. And then we got, of course, all the classics. We had Super Mario Three on the Nintendo and everything else going on. It seems to have been a a big hit. Everybody seems to enjoy it, and hopefully, we'll get a lot more foot traffic once it comes around again. Yeah, for sure. And uh, definitely looking forward to how this foreshadows uh, the reopening of the museum. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be a big hit once we reopen. We've got a lot of people in the area that are interested in seeing us flourish and seeing what we have to offer for the future. So, and outside the area too. Yes, all over the country. And the world. And the world. So. Hopefully, this has been a great GDC wrap-up for 2022. Uh, we want to thank you for listening, and we want to thank everybody else for coming to spend time and put their hands on some old systems. Do you have any final words, Shem? Uh, major thanks to all the volunteers, obviously, like Red coming out here with the podcast, um, Leon and Jesse working on the Atari Tigan, uh, hanging out with us. Uh, yeah, volunteers really make this run. Um, we could not do that this whole thing without them. Well, thank you. And if you want to volunteer and help out with the maids, send an email at info at and we will be glad to help have you help out and lend us your time. So thank you again, and we'll see you next year at next year's GDC. All righty. We want to thank everyone who came out to GDC to check us out, too. We will be back next year. Mm -hmm. We hope to have more of everyone we're always looking for volunteers to help out with the booth as well if everybody wants to help chip in and get a chance to check out what gdc is all about what the museum is about what we do and how we're trying to preserve the history of games and where they've come and see where they are going into the future mm -hmm. it's a really beautiful crossroads GDC is a great chance, even if you don't go to any seminars or lectures or anything, it's a great chance to just walk the floor and actually talk with people who are working on games, like not necessarily just the marketing yes. people, but like, you know, the people who have built things. And I think that's, uh, that's always a really interesting uh, chance. Yeah, nothing feels better when you're talking some very nerdy technical stuff and the artist can understand and react to what you say. Mm -hmm. That feels really good. Yeah. I wish I could be yeah, there it's... always. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun it's a really fun convention, and we will definitely get you guys out there next year as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, in closing, what's everyone been playing? Anything new? I know I've still been stuck on Elden Ring. I haven't been playing anything new, but I've been watching people playing the latest Kirby games, and 
I heard it's pretty good and the gameplay looks pretty sick too. What I feel like it's doing really good is they start the game in a pretty easy mode and just turn the difficulties into something totally different in kind of mid, mid to late stage of the game. And I think that's a really good design compared to the old Kirby games, which is, if you have played, you know it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the, the 3D nature of this seems really fantastic and like they've nailed it. I'm really looking forward to picking it up myself and getting my hands on it. Have you been playing anything, Miles? Uh, well, last time I said I was playing uh, Dragon Age Origins, and that's still true. Uh, I have definitely slowed down on it uh, because I got myself an early uh, birthday present and bought Elden Ring and started playing that. Ah. <laughs> uh, which was a slight mistake. Uh, no, now not a mistake. Uh, now I'm it's never a mistake. 30s hour, 30 hours in. Um and I've kind of forgotten about uh, what's going on in Dragon Age. Um, <laughs> but I'll get back to it, I promise. Um, yeah. But no, I'm having a great time with Elden Ring. No, I've always loved Dark Souls games. I've always loved uh, Sekiro, even though I cannot beat the final boss of that game. <laughs> uh, and I'm looking forward to not being able to defeat, defeat the final boss of Elden Ring. Yeah. Yeah, no, it seems very, very exciting to have unbeatable bosses again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. Forever hard enough to come back to. I have some complaints with the game. Uh, and yes. I don't know, maybe I'll get into that uh, next time. But uh, mainly I feel like uh, the the strength of the Dark Souls games is in their level design. And mm -hmm. um, sort of the the exploration of these very carefully crafted landscapes and worlds and yeah well i think elden ring does that very well for a, for a open world game um there are some things about like the the open world bosses versus the the area bosses that sort of turns the whole area into a checklist and it still feels kind of linear even though like you've got these enormous areas to explore you're still like Oh, go beat the boss, and then you're done with that area. Like it's it feels very sort of like shopping listy. It can be it can be a little shopping listy, but it yeah, it's shopping listy. I would also say that there's like balancing issues with difficulty of some some regular like base enemies compared to other areas too. Mm -hmm. But I think we can save that. We can probably have a whole episode about Elden Ring on its own. So. We might do that in the future, too, so keep an ear out for that. But I do think that it's about time that we wrap this episode up. So we want to thank you for listening to the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment's official podcast. If you have any thoughts, questions, corrections, or general museum ideas, please shoot us an email at info at themade.org. We'd like to send out a big thank you to everyone who donated recently and to our patron supporters who keep the maid afloat. Patient donors get to listen to this podcast one week before its release on major streaming services, and we'll continue that with future episodes every week. This week's episode was brought to you in part by Patreon donors Elsie Lupus and Nmaster64. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, I'm Miles. I'm Chin. And I'm Red. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.